ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Disjolting Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. What's up? What's up? Ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie. I'm joined once again by the Puff of himself, Zilix. It is indeed good to see you on this Thursday, or so I'm told it's Thursday. I'm never quite convinced. Yes. But yes. I will believe it once a week. Yes. When one has to adult, one tends to forget what the actual days are. Um, yeah, pretty much. Especially working from home, it's even worse, honestly. Oh, believe me, I know, I know. And it's like even weirder because, like, at least like when you go into the office, like if you went on on like a Saturday, yeah, people, you, you very quickly realize like, oh, there's nobody here. I'm an idiot. But if you're working from home, you might not actually know potentially. Yes, or, you know, uh, I forgot where I was gonna go. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you're like me and have like two different sports apps and it's the weekend, your phone's going batshit nuts because like this football team scored, this football team scored, this football team has an injury. So that is the true way of knowing. Apparently speaking of speaking of football, let us take a big old swig, whatever you're drinking and cheers. The fact that Aaron judge finally hit his fucking 60 second home run so we could stop doing the two box mute the game that I'm actually wanting to watch. I don't give a shit about the Yankees and his whoop de doo uh, American League only record. Yay! It's not the most home runs of the season. Who cares? You're very angry, sir. You should be too. It interrupted your game. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, in the context of sports entertainment, Aaron Judge in 62 home runs. Yes, is the sixth highest single season home run record. Congrats to you. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like giving, it's it's a fucking participation trophy. Mm, Yes, participation for hitting 62 home runs. And potentially call me when he hits 76. Okay, that's the record. Are you being obtuse, or you do know why 62 is such a big deal, right? Who cares? Okay, um, if, if they were like, here, here's the thing. Here's my problem. If I tuned into the game, I went, then I would be excited for the fact that Aaron Judge hit magic number 62. But I didn't watch the game. I have no desire to watch baseball. I find it boring as shit. So why do you have to keep taking away my happiness to show me some dude swing three times, strike out, and then go, okay, and now back to what you actually wanted to watch? I think you have some very pent-up aggression there. It's worse than commercials. I think you're just over excited. I think you're trying to compensate for something else in a former life with your balls. Oh, Lord. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to point out that there was one crisis that was averted this week, and that was the fact that I finally found a grocery store that car- that still carries Code Red in the two-liter bottles. No way! Yes. I was starting to, like, I was literally starting to panic. Because the Kroger's around me did not carry it anymore. The Walmart does not carry it. The Target does not carry it. It turns out the Publix by me carries it. And I bought all of them. Oh, you had to stock up while you could, basically? Was that the idea? Like, you see, it's like, oh, my God, got to get them all. It's like a Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. Got to catch them all. All the Code Reds, damn it. I mean, that's understandable. I I can, you know, if that's your thing, then... That's fair. If for anyone who's actually watched the Thursday Hangout since like the the very beginning, you know that Code Red and Mountain Dew have been my thing. For you to take away my Code Red, <laughs> I mean, it really is bizarre that like Code Red, like I think it's the best Mountain Dew personally. Agreed. So the fact that like they don't keep it where it should be is like weird. Um, although. I don't know if that's the best one or what was that limited edition when they had I mean, We're talking like 10, 20 years ago, maybe. Livewire? No, it was like the dark cherry one or something. Oh, 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 no, no, no. Oh, oh, shit. What was it called? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Like it was super. Like it was like truly limited edition. Oh, oh no, no, no. Okay, you're talking about the. I still have one of the. I still have a can out there. It was the. Uh, it was like the Mountain Dew Select or some shit like that. It's like black cherry. So, uh, I can't remember. But that one's good. I really. That was probably my favorite, honestly. Red plates. I can handle the code red. Damn it. I just can't handle life without it. Okay, that's my problem. Green I'm- apple Mountain Dew would come into. You know what I really here in, in a perfect Charlie world, okay? Isn't regular Mountain Dew basically green apple? No, no, no. Mountain regular Mountain Dew is like lemon lime. Lemon lime, green apple, it's like the that's same to- food group too- color. No. Green apple will make you pucker. Well, then just go get some warheads and put them in your Mountain Dew. Same thing. I don't think that's how it works, Zelius. I really don't. I mean, you do realize, like, soda, like, basically dissolves anything you put into it with all the acid and crazy shit. So, I think it actually would. It would always, ow, you know, it'd be like a syrup. See, Rimblade says it's a totally different flavor, you turd. I don't know. I think we need to have it for science experiment on the show. Actually, I, okay. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you want Ultra Confusion to do uh, an on, a live, on air <laughs> Mountain Dew sampling, send it. Two. <laughs> you know what it actually should do is like a blind taste test, almost like flights um, instead of beer. We do Mountain flights Dew. of Mountain Dew. I think we're actually onto something for one of our shows. Okay, knowing that that thank you, Zelius, because uh, I was about to put that up, ladies and mm-hmm. gentlemen. If you want us to do this Mountain Dew, because I'm going to be honest with you, we don't get all the flavors in Atlanta, Georgia. But if you want us to do a blind taste test of Mountain Dew, all you got to do is send it to 1551 Dunwoody. That's spelled D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Village Parkway. This is the next important part. Number 88276. That is the P.O. Box number. It if you send us stuff and you don't put that P.O. Box number, it doesn't actually get to us. The city, once again, is Dunwoody, D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Georgia, 30338. Rimblade says Kroger gets the the green apple as limited flavor in the 20-ounce. Uh, I saw, actually, I'm drinking, I, I because I couldn't find my code red this morning, I had to result to Major Melon, which is the watermelon one. I don't even know. So, uh, I will say, since I actually started working from home, I can't buy soda. Why? I have no self-control, meaning I know if I bought, like, Mountain Dew, I would drink, like, two or three a day working from home. And that's not healthy. So, I have to, like, refrain from buying Mountain Dew it to bring home or it would be bad news for like my entire living past the age of 41. See, here here's the deal. I, so I've got this this lovely cup right here. And what I do is I put ice in there and I do half Mountain Dew, half Code Red. Yep. And if I'm feeling really frisky in a day, I'll have two of those, but that's it. Then, uh, then I'll drink yeah. water. And I don't feel like any unhealthy side effects from drinking coffee because there's really no unhealthy side effects with coffee. So it's a win-win. You'll shit your brains out if you drink too much coffee. And you might also give yourself a heart attack because of the caffeine. Coffee's a diuretic. Caffeine! (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, now that we've, um, now that we've, you know, talked about some Mountain Dew and a lot of it, actually... It has been a while since we've done the do live on the show. I'm just saying. I know. I know. Uh, actually, if it was a truly perfect world, then Mountain Dew would supply Ultra Confusion, myself, with Code Red, Mountain Dew, and Livewire. And I would three-pour that bad boy. I somehow would have to grow a third arm, but I would mix those bad boys because that's how I got through full sail, damn it. I mean, I will say soda definitely got me through college, 100%. Now, the side effects is, neurologically, if I do not have caffeine for a day, I will um, I will have the worst migraine known to man because now my brain needs 
that amount of caffeine, which is why I drink these uh, one to two of these cups. Caffeine withdrawal is real. Oh, yeah. Totally. I don't know how I actually don't have caffeine withdrawal if I don't drink it. I just really like the taste of coffee, so I have to drink it daily. But if I don't, I'm fine. Gross. Anyways, um, I, I, <laughs> I do want to take a second here real quick before we truly jump into all the topics here. Um, some of you may have heard this or, or seen uh, my stuff on social media, but my um, my dog of 17 years passed away this past weekend. So it's been a rough roller coaster. Uh, no pun intended with the rough. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm going to drink one to my dog, Daisy. I'm sorry to hear that. I will drink with you, sir, to the wonderful Daisy. The calm one. Now we just got the, the schizophrenic. Now I still love Arlo as well. But anyways, okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is not why we tuned like in. I have to love both your kids no matter exactly. what. Exactly. I love them equally <laughs> when they're sleeping. <laughs> anyways, let's let's get into the actual um, uh, stories. And let's go with the big hot button topic. And that, of course, is... Overwatch 2, which is off to an amazing, brilliant, spotless, oh my God, raving reviews. Everyone's going, no, no, I'm bullshitting you. Um, it probably could have gone worse. Uh, they were hit with uh, two DDoS attacks almost immediately. Um, they've had to retcon the uh, SMS. Um, requirements uh if so as Zelia stated last week um blizzard was going to put into place the fact that you had to have a cell phone service uh in for you know authentication in order to play however if you had like uh one of those like um we like pay uh pay per month phones like cricket or what are the other ones you couldn't do it or if you had what were what was some of the other ones, Zelius? Cricket one. Mint. That was the biggest one because it was also like hit or miss. Because there was like one from Walmart. Um, Metro PCS. Yeah, but that one worked apparently, yeah. even though yeah. it's prepaid. So it was like very random, almost as far as like what would and what would not work. So everybody, you know, everybody getting really pissed off at Blizzard. Blizzard uh, decided to retcon it, sort of. If you had a Battle.net account since June 9th of 2021, you don't have to have the SMS piece. However, if you had your account from June 10th, 2021 on, you still need that phone number attached to it, the cell phone. So basically new-ish accounts are the ones that have this brand new requirement. So if you are a brand new customer who thought you could get excited about Overwatch 2, you're fucked. If you have a prepaid cell if phone. If you have a prepaid cell phone. That's an interesting... I mean, yeah, it's obviously to prevent, like, Smurfs is right. a big deal, uh, which I get. But the June... Like of 2021 is an interesting cutoff since it's not like people were activating accounts over a year ago. Like, I'm gonna prepare these accounts to have ready for uh smurfing when Overwatch 2 comes out in a year and a half, bro. Now, I do want to point out for anybody who's trying to do like trying to get an Overwatch 2 right now who does have an older account, uh, this change does not actually go into effect until tomorrow. Mm. So, <laughs> it was like, oh, I gotta go now. Damn it, still not working. It's because it doesn't actually take go into effect till tomorrow. Oh, so I guess Rimblades will have to wait another day. No, no, Rimblades said that his mint phone actually worked. Oh, I did not. Okay, I saw a not in there. Or I just imagined it. Uh, now, of course, mint is the uh, kind of like the pay-as-you-go phone that's backed by Ryan Reynolds, which I learned about because I watch uh, Welcome to Wrexham. Uh, where he and the guy behind uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia bought a Welsh soccer team. Mm. And that's a good TV. Not going to lie. I like it a lot. Anywho. 
Um, it's nice. Around three hundred bucks a year for unlimited. That's not bad. That's three hundred bucks for me is like two and a half months. <laughs> I'm still in my parents' plan. Well, some of us have to grow up and be adults, Zelius. I never want to grow up. I want to be a Toys R Us kid. <laughs> um, it's actually cheaper for all of us. No, like, I'm sure it is. I'm so sure it, it is. actually works out for all of us to just divide it three ways instead. Well, really two ways. Um, so it works out. Well, there you go. All right. So, uh, talking about uh, companies that shut that have shot themselves in the foot, uh, let us talk about a um, a like gaming case creator or yeah, a manufacturer, uh, Kill Switch. Uh, their beautiful idea for this awesome case for the Steam Deck has been a big oops-a-daisy. And the reason behind that is that they put a magnetic stand on the back. The problem is that magnet has got to be pretty strong in order to for the stand to stay in place. But here's the other problem. That magnet lines up with the fan in the steam deck, which then causes the fan to sputter constantly. And uh, yeah, your system will overheat. Well, to be fair, it's with the steam deck, there's two possible fans you could get in your steam deck. Really no way of knowing without actually physically opening up your device. And uh, unfortunately, they only tested it with one of the known fans. Oh, yeah. Um, it was the second fan. I think Delta brand was one of them. I forget the other brand. Um, and that was the problem. It was the brand that they happened to not have. I don't even know if they knew. They, were, they probably didn't even know. Yes, if you don't have the, uh, I think it's Yang or Huang, H-U-A-Y-N-G. Yeah, it sounds like a very generic. If you, you, know, if you, if you, unfortunately, if you have the Delta fan, uh yeah. And unfortunately Zealus is correct. You have to actually crack that bad boy open in order to find out which fan is in there. Because there's no well, way to tell least, from the like, I mean, a lot of companies would have basically tried to sweep this under the rug or be like, uh, no, uh, you're wrong. That doesn't happen. Look, we've and got this perfect steam deck that works perfectly fine with our magnetic kickstand right there. And I mean, they're offering a full like refund to get it fixed or send it in or whatever needs to be done to get it rectified. Um, so I always give props to the company for owning up to the mistake um, in order to get it fixed instead of basically shafting over the people who did purchase it. Yes. Um, so I got look at, I mean, obviously it sucks, but at the same time, it's like shit like this does happen in manufacturing. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's not necessarily do things go wrong? It's how do you then address that situation when it does go wrong? And from everything I've seen is the company has actually addressed it as well as could be because in no scenario do I think they would, if they had known there's two fans, <laughs> yeah, like it would make no sense for them to be like, well, we don't need to test the second fan uh, would make no sense. Like nobody's going to approve that. Yeah. So I don't like, there was nothing malicious or anything going on. It was just like, Oh, there's, Two fans. Who knew? Um, so I don't look at it as a terrible thing, and they're trying to fix the situation. Um, so life does go on. Um, I always, what I do find fascinating is this and like the Switch and all the consoles, they always have like the aftermarket, the aftermarket like peripherals. Like the Steam Deck, the big one is the um, actual console holder. Like if you want to like, you know, plug into your PC or whatever it is, or like your TV. Um, like with the switch, it comes with the dock, so it's just nice, easy switch dock. Boom, it goes right there. But with the um Steam Deck, you do not get the fancy dock, so now you have all those peripheral sellers trying to sell you a fancy Steam Deck dock, or in this case, the fancy kickstand. Um, I have my Nintendo Switch do uh kickstand, it's a very cheap $10 cheap piece of plastic. Um, that basically is there to hold it up, and that's about all. Um, 
I don't know. The Steam Deck is actually a bit interesting to me. Um, if I actually needed to get a computer, something I would actually consider, but alas, it is just not in my sights right now. But who knows? Maybe someday. So I apparently was supposed to be, well, no, not apparently. I was supposed to have a standing desk for this show. I got the uh, the notification this morning saying, it's on the truck. And then mm. 30 minutes later, it's going to be late. I'm like, it says ah. on the truck for delivery. <laughs> how, how, did, how did 30 minutes from putting it on the truck, is it now going to be like, we'll deliver to you tomorrow? Nice. Where'd you get yours from? Amazon. Nice. I have a standing desk use for work, and I like it a lot. Yes, I, 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 I require it greatly. It is nice to be able to... I don't think anybody actually stands at their desk the entire day, but it is nice to just be able to alternate back and forth very easily yes. and Well, I mean, when I was when I worked in an office, it was like basically my mornings were standing, and then my afternoons. Basically, once I ate lunch, I no longer wanted to stand. <laughs> it's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, okay. So let's go. Uh, we're we're going to do an, another update to a topic we talked about last week, and the fact of the Google Stadia is dead. Uh, but long live the Google Stadia. But but here's the but yep. here's some even more bad news. Apparently, Google decided to go public with this without actually telling any of the developers who are currently creating games for the Google Stadia. So right. yeah. So they had no idea that this was happening. Well, of course. I mean, yeah, it sucks. They're 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 developers who are supposed to be dropping their Google Stadia game early next year, and they're mm-hmm. also developers who are literally dropping their game onto the Google Stadia this week. None of them were told. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now I do wonder how hard would it be to port your game from the stadia to like say steam from my understanding um there's quite a few games that were uh google exclusives that have already started making deals to get their game over to the xbox the playstation and the pc so i'm assuming it's not too too difficult what kind of so let's just say you had a stadia exclusive Mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious what that language looks like in terms of with the Stadia shutting down. What does that exclusivity contract now look like? It's it's probably null and void. I mean, the question is, is is it null and void until the Stadia shuts down? Or does it have to stay exclusive until then? To be honest with you, I'm pretty sure that if Google tried to enforce the exclusivity contract or, or... statement um after announcing that it was shutting down most people would probably take them to court because oh yeah i mean logically yes but unfortunately we all know that sometimes the law in common sense yeah don't always see eye to eye um yeah. i think it also be i mean obviously this is already a pr hit to google in the continuing saga but that would be a massive pr hit if they tried pulling that off yeah um i mean it's almost kind of like we all expected the stadia to shut down so i was like well that sucks but we gotta do this coming yeah. but that would be a step beyond the pale if they tried that agreed agreed so but yeah um so uh, what would ever get you actually interested in a streaming gaming device i I actually tried out the Luna for or the Amazon Luna for a couple months. And I was like, it's cool, but there's nothing like I could. It's, it's, you know, steam, but I have to have internet. I don't, I mean, I, I understand the concept. Okay. I understand the concept of, of, you know, having a, a cloud-based stream service gaming thing where I don't have to, uh, keep track of, okay, now I'm going to date myself, but CD keys and all that yeah. shit. What's a CD key, sir? Or I don't have to have a super massive 
hard drive in order to play these amazing games. And I can literally switch between the two without having to uninstall one to reinstall the other. But at the same time, large hard drives are not like uber expensive. So I'm. it's not to the point where I'm like, oh my God, I, I have to change my gaming ways. Yeah. It's an interesting concept. I, I still think at some point in the maybe distant future, it'll take off, but not in the immediate future. Right. No, no. I, yeah. Or even the short term, really. Like, I wouldn't even say the next five to 10 years. It's still a ways off, I think. It's, it's basically going the same route as VR. It's there. It's been there for a while, but it isn't the must have game changing thing that everyone will. Uh, convert to. I'm still waiting for the uh, PlayStation PSR 2 to come out. Sure. I, from everything I've seen, it's actually pretty damn cool. I don't know if I'll actually get it, though, because my biggest problem is I get bad motion sickness from VR. Is it uh, just play games? Where Where is it? Uh, what helps with it? If you could see your feet in the game? No, this, yeah. But the problem is, is like, Without demoing like the specific VR kit, right? You don't know if you're gonna basically feel those ill effects until you actually get to try it, right? So that's kind of like, I'd be interested if I could see. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. You know. I mean, I'm surprised you haven't jumped on the bandwagon yet because I know how much of a must-need gaming device you think it is. It's oh. as important as the keyboard and mouse. Rimblade says he enjoys his PSVR one. There you go. No, I've heard people like for the PlayStation. I've heard good things about the PlayStation VR, but the catch is like a lot of the VR environment. It's still pretty niche as far as the gaming catalog goes. Well, that's the other thing. There's, there's, I think. To be, and, and I'm going to continually say this. In order for VR to truly make it, at least on the PC, it's got to be Half-Life 3 and it's VR only. You, you want you want a... Or what about Team Fortress 3? Okay, I... CSGO, VR. Jesus Christ, no. It could be like back in the day. Remember, like not the not the duck hunt gun, but there was like that other gun back with the old Nintendo. The bazooka. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> now, look, if you're gonna do like Counter Strike and all that stuff, then you need a hapstuit so you can feel the pain of getting shot. No, look. What we really need to do is we just need to fast forward or do what we need to do in order to get to the world that you could find in Ready Player One and the OS system of Oasis. Sadly, that's never going to happen until the Gen 1 of VR actually takes off because otherwise there's no developmental expenditures. Yes, true. Or you just need somebody really rich like a Bill Gates or Elon Musk they just say, screw it, I'm going to invest millions and billions of dollars into this technology, but that's not going to happen either. Because then they can't afford their 18th VR. True. They can only have 17. Too shame. That'd be tragic. Hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to take a quick pause. Uh, uh, Alter Confusion survives the love support of viewers and friends of the show. And so we have a section of the show where we thank all of those Beautiful, amazing people. So let's start it off with the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences, such as Momocon, as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to indiecluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-R dot com. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the next one we got to do a huge shout out to is a man that we once met at the convention that shall not be named. But ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Wet Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions such as MobileCon. RTX, and more. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. Ladies and gentlemen, I know that there's a lot of gamers out there who kind of crunch and scrunch in their chairs after your awesome, beautiful gaming sessions. And there is someone out there that can help you, and that is if you, especially if you're in the Atlanta area, and that is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the folk, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves, waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on the mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible and most importantly suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. Now, let's say that you want, that you are a company that needs some help with audio or perhaps some just business strategy. Well, we've got a great friend of the show, and that, of course, is Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email Josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. Finally, longtime fan of the show and a Apparently, an amazing guru in work. Uh, oh my gosh, just dropped my. Uh, Let's just do this, okay? Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both a developmental team and system administration team working on satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the agile evangelist, Agile Axe championing the philosophy of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading Agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information, go to AgileAxiom.com. That's A-G-I-L-E-A-X-I-O-M.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know that you, too, were very interested in becoming a friend of the show so you could get a shout-out every single week. So, I am happy to tell you that Alter Confusion survives with the love and support of amazing people like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Alter uh, Patrons. Oh, good Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm like, I've got like half a burp stuck in me. That's very annoying. Yeah, right there. Yes, sir. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, interdimensional beings, gods, demons, aliens, supporters, and more to become an active participant in the world, the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently, we have two tiers, kind of one, two tiers. That you can do for a monthly subscription. The first one is a $1 tier. That's $1 a month or $12 a year. And what that will get you is early access to all of our playthroughs as well as all patron-only posts on Patreon. Some of those posts can help shape the future of Alter Confusion. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're feeling a little bit more frisky and you would like for your name or company to be mentioned in every single upcoming Thursday night hangout, then I recommend the $5 a month or $60 a year tier. And that, of course, once again, will get your name or organization in the thank you section of every single Thursday night hangout, as well as all the other goodies that you would get at the $1 tier. Now, 
Ladies and gentlemen, it is fastly approaching. Quickly approaching? Fastly approaching? I don't know. It. The time is almost upon us. We're all too confused. You will participate in something that we're that is near and dear to our hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, Ultra Confusion is proud to say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for 11 straight years. Extra years. Yes. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, game, to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise, Ultra Confusion, through all through extra life will go directly to children's healthcare of Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for alter confusion. And I'm happy to report that um uh so uh, Children's Healthcare Atlanta also, Healthcare of Atlanta also does this uh, superhero cape thing every single year, and uh, Ultra Confusion will be sporting their su- our superhero cape for that. Um, it, this should be arriving early next week, so super excited about that. You know you have to wear that like around town. Hell yeah! Excellent. Damn straight, sir. I plan on it. All right. Can your kid wear it to school? I don't know what the policy is at my kid's school, but I you know, know there's if one. The policies, if they say no, you're just going to be like, But it's for the kids. You hate kids? Sick kids. My sick... kid goes here. Do you hate him? Do, do you hate him. sick kids that are stuck in a hospital? This is to for them, damn it. And you have like a recorder out for your phone, like recording the response. Oh, Jesus. Now I, I feel like a Karen. No, no. I'm not going to go that far. Anyways, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, let's jump back into the rest of the stories. Um, let us talk about... I don't know if you guys have seen it yet or not, but the Super Mario movie trailer is now out. And I have thoughts about it. I have not seen it because I'm not interested in it per se. Okay. But I know, I know it's a thing. Okay. So first of all, Chris Pratt is the voice of Mario in this, not uh, Charles um, oh my, Marionette. I think is his last name. The guy who's actually the voice of oh, yeah. of Mario. Um, and the very itty bitty piece of the trailer uh, that Chris Pratt speaks. I am not impressed. I am impressed with the job that Jack Black did with Bowser. That I could see. He kind of seems like a Bowser, to be honest. He really goes at it. The The little bit was, okay, Mario is an Italian plumber, okay? Always been an Italian. Chris Pratt was like, eh, like, I, I, I'm trying to fake Italian so I can seem cool ordering a pizza in New York. That's what it sounded like. They should have just got another... Italian actor, but whatever. Also, this is this is the fun one. You know how remember Ugly Sonic? Mm-hmm. So in one of the pro- promotional movie posters, you see Mario has his back to the audience, and he's looking at this kind of like uh, amalgamation of like the Mushroom Kingdom and all this stuff, and people are ripping. I think it's Universal Pictures. I think that's the the studio. They're ripping him a new one because Mario suffers from the same disorder I do, and that's called no acetal. It's where his back meets his thighs, and there is nothing in between. Mario, I'm sorry, but he is a chubby Italian plumber. He has an ass. He's got some girth. He's he's got some junk in the trunk. He's not Luigi. No, he's not Luigi. I can understand. Look, Luigi would be perfect for that. Luigi is a long, upstanding citizen with the no ass at all uh, condition. That, yes. But Mario, no. But at the same time, I mean, seriously, I'm sure there are people out there who are literally going to watch the movie and be like, yeah, 
look, look at Mario move around. His his ass should not look like that. There should be more ass. Instead of like, th- th- look, ugly Sonic looked like someone accidentally threw like uh, a mutated rat in a washing machine and drowned it several times. That does not sound healthy. It's not. Though I do, I do. I do like the fact that if you watch the uh, the Disney Plus Chip and Dale movie, um, Ugly Sonic definitely has a really nice, funny part in it. I believe you. As you should, as you freaking should, sir. But seriously, I mean, I, I do, I do find it humorous that people are like, seriously, Mario, Mario, Mario has to have an ass. I mean, it's fun to make fun of in a trailer, but it's not going to really affect my opinion of the movie either way. It's kind of how I look at those type of physical trait things. Um, well, it's I mean, like it's, okay, it's it's a it's a it's a body and a face uh, for Sonic versus butt cheeks. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean that type of thing. I don't really care. I mean, it's no different than when you look at like the whole argument as far as um like race in movies and they start talking about like well this character in the anime was this so you did not cast the right are you person. are you seriously going to do the ghost of the shell on me again it's it's no different than that like when it comes to the physical the major is a fucking android but when it comes to physical attributes who cares like it's the you're judging a person regardless of their physical attributes in this case, if that's what you're going to judge the movie on. It's no different than shaming any other person based on how they look in this context, acting aside. Now, if the acting in the actual script are terrible, of course, then slam for that. But no, I don't think that you should slam a potential movie based on what is the assness of the character. Ass ratio, not assness. Assness means he's a dick. <laughs> ass ratio, damn it. I was thinking of assness as far as the ratio. What is the ass? Like, what is the degree of ass in the movie is what I mean by assness. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like, it is an adjective in this case. It is not a descriptor of Dude. the actual emotional state, you jackass. <laughs> Fine, whatever. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, uh, Zelia, I, mean, I have no interest in seeing the movie, anyways. I'm going to be honest I, because I don't. I'm not impressed by anything Chris Pratt actually does. Guardians of the Galaxy One was fun. Yeah, but it wasn't because of him. I mean, he didn't render the movie, but like to me, that was an ensemble cast type of situation where everybody that was like some of the whole parts movie type of deal. It was not like a Iron Man where you had to have Robert Downer Jr. And he made that movie awesome. I'm sorry. I look at Chris Pratt as the most generic, random, middle-aged white male actor on the face of the planet. I feel like literally anybody else could fill that man's role, and it would be like, oh, that's a movie. Cool. Like, I, I just I feel absolutely nothing about him other than great, like, not loathing, but basically just I'm very tepid. I just don't. Obviously, I'm very passionate about him. I'm passionate about how indifferent about him I am. Damn it! Now you're trying to make me. Now, now I'm trying to think of generic white guy actors that are just there in a movie. I feel like honestly, Ryan Reynolds used to be that way. Well, Ryan Reynolds plays Ryan Reynolds in everything he plays. But he's yes, I would agree with that, yeah. and it used to not work for him, but now it does. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Kind yes. Of? Speaking of yeah. which, I am so freaking excited that Hugh Jackman will be donning the adamantium claws one more time with Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool 3. You know who actually does not get enough credit as a fantastic actor? Who? Um, Hugh Jackman. Yes. I mean, he really has such a breadth of, like, anywhere from, like, he does Wolverine with, like, the action, I'm a big beefy guy, to, like, show tune stuff. It's stuff on Broadway. Like he is really an amazing actor. Oh hell yes! They, oh, they're yeah. gonna put him in the suit. Oh yeah, no, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be Wolverine. <laughs> they're gonna put him in the real Wolverine suit. 
<laughs> yeah. Now Deadpool is something I want to see. The Dake. I I I really enjoyed Deadpool. That's fun. Yes. Yes. Me too. Huge fan. Huge fan. Um. So apparently, there's four more Witchers at least in the works. Oh, and a um, Cyberpunk 2077 sequel. Well, they well Cyberpunk they, Orion. Yeah, well, I mean, I they only the, did. They're only making that's the code name. They only did uh, one DLC, and the fact is, they they they're doing the one DLC. They, they've got the anime. Then there are they're already creating the TV show, so they're making sure that this, uh, uh, you know, it's become apparent that this universe has some legs. So yeah, milk that shit. And also, they're not they're no longer going to use the red engine. They're going to use was it Unreal Five? Yeah, like, you're going. I think uh, from whatever I mean, a developer. Yeah. Uh, but from everything I've read, one of the biggest issues. The entire production of 2077 was using their own red engine and kind of that last couple percent of what were potentially game breaking bugs. I know you encountered a few annoying bugs. Yes. Is everything I've read, a lot of that is can be attributed to the red engine, basically. Um, whereas the hope, I'm hoping at least, that now switching to Unreal Engine 5 will both a speed up that development process in a non-abuse the type of way and b help reduce some of those bugs and you would think with um unreal being <laughs> such a you know used platform and now you can reach out like straight to the developers of unreal who also have experience with other games um i would hope that it comes out in a better state then Cyberpunk 2077 in the OG4. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watch, if you're listening to this, you're so not I'll be, getting... I'll be interested to see. I, regardless of whatever engine you're using, though, it is a super ambitious roadmap. Yes. Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this in the pod, the, the podio, the audio podcast form, oh. and you're wondering why Zelius was giggling there for a second, it's the fact that there's some kind of blip in the internet, and so he is no, his lips are no longer synced whatsoever with his voice. It's amazing. Actually, it, oh, we're back now. You're I, not either. What? Right. <laughs> you're never <laughs> in sync on my screen. <laughs> Just letting you know. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, jeez. We need to do like a seven-second buffer. That'll really screw us over. Seriously. So I'll be interested to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like like it's like the three games in six years. That's it. Part of it is if you think about the games that they put out, they're not just like a 10-hour short story. Like yeah. they're large worlds of, you know, quest chains and complex mechanics and all this other stuff so there's a lot going on there um with their games so yeah what i'm actually surprised at is they haven't gone down the route that so many other big developers have gone down and that's the well let's try an mmo and see what happens yeah yeah i'm not saying they should i'm cyberpunk 2020 xx online I mean, that's look at uh, Bioware tried it with Anthem. You have um, Red Dead. Red Dead did, is Red Dead Online even still around? I think it's. I think it finally rode off into the to the sunset. You got um, Elder Scrolls Online. Yes, yep. so at least still exists. Yep. But that's um, like Torchlight's like, about to go, isn't it? Torchlight. Isn't it? Torchlight's a hack and slash yeah i thought they were gonna go mmo no they're not yes you're right they had originally planned on doing an mmo and i think they took a hard right turn are now basically doing the double diablo immortal route and doing a simultaneous pc and iphone release dime you till you're dead like this month Ooh, it's actually coming out soon i remember i've seen advertisements for it um Oh, there is a new hack and slash that I actually plan on playing. 
Yes, Zelius, uh, tell us about this hack and slash you've been playing. So it's a hack and slash called, it actually is the, I think, a terrible name. It's yes. undecemberist. Like, it's just as awkward to say and type and everything. Like, I don't like the name. Like, it's just a bad name in my not so humble opinion. Um, so I've tried it and it's basically, so they have a demo out. The actual live version, I think, is October 12th. So there'll be a character wipe. Um, it does nothing revolutionary. It's another kind of isometric uh, over the top hack and slash, but it feels solid from what I've played. Um, these skills are if you've basically if you basically played um, Path of Exile, mm -hmm. you've basically played a lot of this game already. Honestly, um, the skills have the same concept where you have skills like let's just say cleave, and then you have like the enhancement gem that now gives you plus five percent damage to that. Um, so you have that type of stuff. You have like little drops you can get to like rearrange the how the like colors combine and stuff. So you have all that stuff. Um, and you have constellations for skills that basically look like a big skill tree a la Path of Exile or heck, even like a Final Fantasy X. Um, but combat felt good. So probably October 12th, I will pick it up and actually see where it goes. Um, I tried about an hour. Oh, it's free to play which probably means pay away for being honest because it's out of Korea. Um, so there's that. Torchlight Infinite is what the Torchlight one's called. There you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is that. So Torchlight Infinite with the mobile. I just remember the, the one thing that I'll always remember about Torchlight is Hellgate London. Uh, that was such a fun game. Like I'm really actually sad that that it was like a first-person hack and slasher almost, um, but it had the most fun summoner class I ever played. Because like as a summoner, you had like dozens of like little like minion guys yep. who you could then have like go with you. And like it was the most fun summon answer I've ever played in a hack and slash type of game. Um, so I really am sad that like. It didn't work because I thought it was a fun game. Rimblade says uh, that Hellgate's still around. What? I thought Hellgate had closed like a decade ago. Flagship sunk, which was the developer. But I'm well, sure they sold it off to have, someone. Like private servers on or something. Oh geez, we're we're going down the the Atlas Shimigans, Shimigani Shin Megami Tensai. Another company has the got the IP. Oh, Hellgate is actually on Steam. That's Fascinating. Uh oh. Um, Zelius. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. This, this is so, coming. Okay. This is coming from the guy who's playing a game that like was released. I don't know, at least ten years ago. Now it's set up like a free to play MMO. So what I find interesting is, I forgot where I was actually going with the first. Fifteen years ago. What? The uh. Rim, Rim Blade said it was 15 years ago. But what's funny is, so remember Hellgate, the whole idea, because it was called Hellgate London, uh -huh. was supposed to be like Hellgate, then New York, and Hellgate Boston, or whatever. Yeah. It would be like a different city for each expansion. But it's interesting. So Holy shit. They were going to do one for every professional Overwatch team city. <laughs> Hellgate Shanghai. So my real question is like, and maybe Rumble is though, like is Hellgate actually still being supported basically? Because it's kind of interesting from a development slash IP perspective because it's not the original developers. And so it's like another company obviously bought them, but like the game's still, what, 25 bucks on Steam. I know it's on sale right now, but let's just say, or I guess $12.99. Like, is there any actual development still going into the game? I guess is kind of what I'm curious. So my guess is no, probably. Um, which kind of sucks because that would have been a cool game to see more expansions of. Um, yeah, so Rimblade doesn't think there's any that. Yeah, I'm kind of intrigued. Like, I'm probably not going to go play. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but 
it's one of those games I wish had worked. If you go to hellgatelondon.com, <laughs> it's just an index file. That's awesome. Sweet. Amaze balls. Oh, here we go. You go to, and, and for, I'm not, this is just, I'm looking up online. I'm not saying that you should do this, but if you go to london2038.com, it's a completely free, non-commercial, fan-made, volunteer-run, private server project to bring back classic Hellgate London multiplayer as it was meant to be played. Huh. It's funny. Tokyo expansion. Ooh. I think mean, it could have been a really cool concept because most hack and slash them are all set like in the swamp and then you're in the mountains and yep. then you're, you know, they're all very generic landscapes, really. Whereas the idea of it now being each kind of hack and slash level or expansion being in a city and you can see like I'm in London because I see like Big Ben and other stuff or you know, it's city has like its own identifying features, but be really cool from a thematic perspective. That's actually what made to me uh, Overwatch really cool because each of the maps were super thematic and had very distinctive. I know they're not like you know, earth cities, but in the world of overwatch, they're each their own city and they're actually connected. You could actually see like other cities from maps. Um, and I thought that was really cool that how thematic they were more so than just another, you know, urban sprawl type of FPS deathmatch map. Mm -hmm. Um, and that could have been like a cool, really cool thing with a game like Hellgate that was based in each of the cities, but alas, so, uh, speaking of older games, if you've been watching uh, the Alter Confusion gaming stream, you may have noticed that I picked up a classic title, Dot Hack GU. What? Yeah. I put, I think, 20 plus hours into the first of. Good Lord. Three, four. I can't remember now. Um, I'm now into the second one. Nice. I'm still really wishing that this thing was a true MMO and I am finding so many freaking parallels between myself and the main characters. I'm even funny, huh. but, uh, yeah. Oh, the steam version does come with the Tokyo expansion for Hellgate London. Oh, I didn't know there wasn't, I didn't know they actually came out with an expansion. Dun, dun, dun. Uh Oh, Zelius has no, found no, something else. No, to do. no, no. <laughs> Oh, but there's a VR version for it. It is it that's I thought it was still in development. Is it actually out? There's an exp wait for Hellgate. Yeah. Yeah. Released March thirty first, two thousand twenty one, apparently. Well there you go. It didn't come out till like twenty eighteen. Yeah, right, right. Okay, there we go. And apparently Mythos was released oh, yeah. September seventh, two thousand twenty two, in case you're curious. Two thousand twenty two? What? No. <laughs> like they just re-released it obviously but that's kind of funny because okay so mythos was basically like there's a game called fate that mythos was based off of and then i think someone bought the rights to mythos and renamed it torchlight is that right uh, or some of the developers point. created torchlight well, no, Mythos was basically a, it was supposed to be a stress test for the Hellgate London servers. That yes, but, but unfortunately it became more popular than this, than Hellgate London. Wow. Oops. Sometimes when you release two games by the same company and you make one free and the other one paid, the free game wins. Hmm. Where have seen that before? Right, I'm actually really intrigued by this London 2038 now. It was supposed to be an MMO. Yeah, it was. So, yeah. Craziness. Mm. Yes, I've, I've put tons of time into the dot .hack game and um, I'm a little, I am a little saddened when, you know, like on Steam, they show you the achievements and like the percentage of the people who have Who've made these achieve? Who've cre uh, you know achieved these things? Yep. Um. And like, uh, let's see here. 
where was the completed volume one? Twenty-seven percent of the owners of this game completed the first chapter of the game. Hmm. Where's where's the where's the rarest one though? I think there's like one that's eleven percent. No, uh, eighteen, nineteen, sixteen. And that one, I don't even know why. That's that's so stupid. I have won five hundred battles, and only eighteen percent have have accomplished that. So I feel amazing. You are so amazing, sir. I just want to get back into the world, man, and save the world from itself. Fight Ida. If we can't save this world, we might as well save the virtual world. Unlock, uh, find all the epitaph users. You know, and pixels have feelings too, dude. I do. I do want to say, and and, I, and this is a shout out to the individual who subscribed to the channel this past Tuesday for having a dot hack <laughs> Twitch handle. That was awesome. It was Alcade, who's a pretty. Pretty strong, cool rogue with an attitude. Hmm. Yeah. But. So, unfortunately, that has taken all my time away from Legends of Ruterra. Oh, no. Yep. And Cyberpunk 2077. But to be honest with you, I was literally doing the exact same thing in Cyber 20, Cyberpunk 2077 as I did the first time. Because I'm nothing but predictable. Yeah, at that point you gotta change it up. You gotta be like an entirely different class or play style or something. No, I I I, ch I chose a, a totally different backstory. And yes, I got a couple ex different um uh conversation prompts, but that's it. Uh Ribley said, you know the way combat worked in Hellgate with guns in an RPG really helped out with Borderlands. That's true. I can see it. Yeah. yeah. I'm still uh, waiting for the next true Tiny Tina Wonderlands release. Not not an expansion. I want I want uh, a uh, Bunkers and Badasses like true next volume. Borderlands One was one of the only games I've ever like started immediately a second playthrough the second I finished it the first time through. Yeah. I rarely do that, but that was a game that definitely made me want to do that. I think all of the Borderlands, I've been okay with continuing to just be OP'd and mow people down. Even after the story is done, I'm like, ah, it's, I can still shoot people. Yeah. Killing people is always fun, or so I'm told. Yes, so I'm told. Though as long I, as you don't kill me in real oh, life. Uh, for those out there who... Um, who've been with Alter Confusion for a long, long time, you may remember there was a, a very ill-fated gaming system that we love to support it called the Ouya. And one of the games on the Ouya was a game called Tennis in the Face, which is literally just a physics game where you're trying to bounce a tennis ball uh, off of around a level and knock people out with it. Well, and just some a weird, strange happenstance i have tennis in the face in on my in my steam library and i say well what the hell i'll download it back onto the computer and i'll show my kids and they can't get enough of it you know a game i actually really miss from the ouya which i played a hell of a lot of on my iphone was that oh it's, it was that snake game with like the rpg guys yes yeah I can't remember what it's called now, but it was a fantastic game. I don't know if I, if I were to boot up the Ouya, if it would even do anything. I know where my Ouya is. That's good. That's entertaining. Same here. I know where mine is, too. I mean, you would think if you don't connect to the internet, it would be fine for offline games. That's true. You would think, but like, now you I never know. Play game again. It might have to ping. And then, you know, the Ouya got, or Ouya got bought out by Razor, and then Razor basically murdered it. Oh, yeah. And it's sleep because it wanted some of its game library. Oh, For its yeah. own, was it the Razor Shield or something? That's what tends to have. Yeah, they basically bought it for the game library because you had the Ouya exclusives and developers and all that stuff. Still waiting on one of my Ouya exclusive games I kickstarted back in 20, 2007. 
don't worry it's coming to the uh google stadia <laughs> awesome i for for sure thought i was going to the dreamcast <laughs> it's gave me the dreamcast 64 yes just you wait it'll be the fan-made remakes you know the sad, you know what the really crazy thing is there is I know this is going to sound like batshit nuts, but there are still companies out there, international companies out there, who still make games for the Dreamcast that's to this day. Some de- That's some dedication. Actually, uh, it's a huge market in Brazil. Be- well, one, the, the copyright protection, uh, not so good on uh, the Dreamcast. But I will take your word for it. Well, that's why the people still are there's still companies developing for it because it's really easy to develop for it and then slap your game like slap your game on a bunch of discs and sell them and Sony didn't doesn't have the the protection in place to stop you. Or at this point, probably just doesn't care. Or I think Sony exists in name alone at this point. So yeah, because I don't I don't think they because they sold. Of course, they sold all of their their gaming systems, and then they sold all their arcade arcade machines. So that's what I meant. Sorry, not Sony, Sega. It's been a very long week. Though, to be to be totally honest with you, me and Sony have had a love hate relationship since the PlayStation Three. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had to get a new uh, Nintendo Switch dock. It just stopped working. Your dock stopped working? Yeah. Well, shit. I didn't know that was a thing. Apparently. So I got a new dock. Was it charging or the HDMI port or just nothing? It wouldn't do anything. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I have, you know, the extra plugs and shit so I could, I could charge it elsewhere, but, um, but I couldn't broadcast. I couldn't do anything. So I bought a new one. Uh, I did buy it the official Nintendo one. I bought one of those, like it reclines and has extra USB things to, so you can actually charge four controllers at the same time, instead of choose your two favorite controllers. And if you have more than two people playing, they can suck it. Nice. Yes. So anywho. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we've reached the end of the show. Um, Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you double sure? I think so. Pretty sure. Last time I checked, I think. A little bit of a heads up. Uh, Next week, we will be on. The following week, we will not have a show because I will be at the Kevin Smith uh, Clerks 3 viewing. So I see you have your priorities straight, sir. It's going to be amazing. And probably reek of weed, which I have no problem with. Mm. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure to give everything come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.